Looking for a fun way to win up to 25 times your money this basketball season? Test your skills on Prize Picks, the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. You could turn $10 into $250. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit prizepicks.com/fan and use code FAN. That's code FAN at prizepicks.com/fan. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Hey, everybody. I'm back. Episode 18. 18. Oh, my God. We're legal. Not legal. Well, we're adults. 18. Almost legal. Two more. Um, So Jeannie and Kathy and I talk about, on this episode, your 20s versus your 30s versus your 40s. We should have... Did we talk about anticipating our 50s? I don't know. Oh, we did. We talked about anticipating our 50s, too. It was such a, it was a really interesting conversation. It was fascinating how we all had similar and different experiences at the same time. So anyway, hopefully you can relate and hopefully you enjoy. Thanks so much. I wanted to talk for just a minute about this podcast. Uh, This podcast has been really powerful for me. I'm on like episode, what, 15 or 16 now? This is 18. This is 18? Wow. Nice. Oh my gosh. That's we amazing. can vote. Two decades. I know, we can vote. <laughs> <laughs> I vote wife of the party. No, um, it's been a really powerful experience for me because I, I don't think, um, I always thought my friends were special, but when fans are emailing me how special my friends are, it's pretty amazing. So thank you guys for coming. All these times you've come to be on this podcast. I think people are enjoying hearing real people talk about real stuff and you guys are two of the realest i mean i really appreciate your friendship but also this experience has been awesome for me um like we we did one about girl scouts and we got this amazing email from this woman who um who had a terrible terrible childhood where she lost two brothers within three months of each other and then had stopped talking and no one kind of noticed because everything was so broken and a local Girl Scout troop leader noticed and invited her in their troop and she said she cried through the whole episode Aww. just thinking yeah, about what that so meant sweet. Oh wasn't it amazing yeah, it was really amazing it's amazing yeah. it's amazing that just us talking on the couch about things that well really that I'm interested in and that we're all kind of interested in talking about 
really affects people like the raising boys podcast we did i've gotten so many emails about that about wow. raising boys about how they oh. saw things in a different light and perhaps it's the comment you were talking about where i'm like when he throws a badminton racket across the yard it's just testosterone yeah. it's not doesn't a make big him a bad deal. person he's right. not no he's not, <laughs> not psychopathic he's just a boy but i've gotten a bunch about that and not to mention the one about autism or asperger and the one about sex is like everybody loves the one about sex. So <laughs> thank you guys for being a part of this journey. It's been really fun. I hope you've enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's super fun. It doesn't feel like it's work or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you, do you know what I mean? Like it does feel like we're just sitting here having a conversation. I get to come talk to Leanne. Yeah. yeah. Like it's just like, oh, let's hang out for a little bit. It's yeah. kind of nice. Well, I'm glad so. because I am very aware that we are all busy and that the benefit of this for us the women that do this is our uh, fellowship, so to speak, our, you know, our spending time together is a, the only benefit I can offer because we, we're not getting paid. So I know we all work. I mean, even though but Kathy and I may not have an actual job, we have big jobs and mm-hmm. Jeannie has an actual job and the same big yeah, job we have. Go. So I just want everybody listening to know how, um, how moved I am by my friends going on this journey with me and how uh, appreciative I am for everybody who's done the podcast, not just Jeannie and Kathy, but Sam and Lynn and Margaret and Tracy and Kathy, Kathy R and, and everybody else that's done it. Um, it's been really awesome. I can't believe this is number 18. That's amazing. That's awesome. It's good luck. Yes, it is. It's high. That's right. See, and we go back to our... Why is it good luck? Wait, you just lost me. I was like, 18 is, but it's good luck. It's very why? good luck. Why? For mitzvahs, you always give increments of 18, 18. for the gift. Really? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's supposed to be good luck. Someone should do like a leaflet. <laughs> like a, a, it's like the book for dummies remember when we were talking about that book like I, I last found year? it last night you did we're still gonna do that I but haven't read that book yet I haven't either I mean I've got like four books in I know, front but of there's it, a too. book for dummies for everything is this there one? really is so we were talking last summer actually mm-hmm. in a car ride about like the differences between certain religions like oh. Lutheran Methodist like what what define like what differentiates them and mm-hmm. I have absolutely no idea yeah no nor i um, so we bought this book, book, called book called comparative religions for, for journey dummies. for dummies oh. yeah. so we were going to read that book and podcast about it but you know lots of other books have gone yeah. ahead yeah of so at some point it's not i got untangled exciting you did you got untangled uh, so i started it, it i started it so it's really great. we'll have to we'll do that one we, we should we'll podcast re-talk. about that book yeah. because it's a I've powerful got my highlighter book. out so Good, do that yeah, because, uh-huh. and I'll go back through and see if I can pull out the. Wait, did you not talk about it? No, I've just oh. kind of mentioned that it was a really important book yeah. and kind of talked about it in generalities. But the but last not time we did it. one, you and I was talking about my daughter's head spinning. You guys were like, "You need to read Untangled." You, you have to. Yeah. It's a great yeah. book. It's a it's an amazing book. Well, we're currently reading uh, Better Than Before by Gretchen Rubin. That's mm-hmm. my current book club book. What was that face, <laughs> Kathy Frumkin? Current meaning I'm picking it up today. <laughs> Maybe not have started it yet. It's really pretty good. Is it? I haven't started. I feel I'm, like she I've might trying be... to get through my other one. Oh, raising an adult. But see, that's, raise an adult. that's the one I wanted to do next. It's a great book. So make sure you take notes from that okay. one because that's the next one I want to do. Or Untangled, one of those two next. But um, uh, Better Than Before is really good. Although I do feel like the author might actually be carved out of cream cheese. <laughs> She's like real goody goody oh. but that's okay I mean I've already learned stuff from it and I'm probably only 25 pages in 
and I've I've had like an aha moment already. So I'm looking forward to hearing oh, what you and Kirsten have to say about that. You're welcome to join us on that too. It's called Better Than Before. I don't know. Um, I am reading my uh, Commonwealth, which is my book club book club, and Untangled at the same time now. Oh, so I'll stick with this. You don't want it anymore. <laughs> you know what the Timothy Ferris from the Four Hour Workweek says, right? Is that you should. Uh, read books from which you're trying to learn something in the daytime, and you should read books for entertainment at night. Oh, that's what Kirsten said if last I time. Had and I was like, that's brilliant. Time to read, I would love it. I mean, I know, can you right? imagine uh, no. if we actually had like an hour during the day? You know to what? Read? Actually, I have found oh. I spend a lot of time waiting at carpool. Oh, so, so like then. I'm 15 minutes early before the kids get out of school, so I always have a book in my car, and it's the book that requires me to think about yeah it's not just like the oh, fiction that's that so I don't. smart yes yeah. because I that's how i get through my so much more <laughs> i do that too i shouldn't do that it's like brain, brain waste yeah well i should read yeah but sometimes you need brain waste brain but, waste is important yeah i do is. the same thing though i always but, have a book in my purse and then i have a book i should show you my my quote kit i have this um like pencil bag like school bag that has elastic on it so you can slide it over the cover like the front page or the whole book if the book's small enough and Uh, I have highlighters and post-it notes and little flags in uh, that little thing so that while I'm reading because I'm a nerd (laughs) I'm highlighting and posting and flagging stuff for us to talk about that's awesome oh that's smart I don't do well with digital books I just don't don't I don't I need to highlight I need to circle I need to see it I need to touch it I tried reading digital books. I can do it for entertainment. I like it for traveling it. It just because it's so headache. light in my bag. Yeah. yeah. So when I'm traveling for work, I always download it on my Nook just because I don't want to deal with carrying a book. But well, I'm already carrying sense. a computer and all this other stuff and I don't want to. I don't blame you. Yeah. yeah. I do that. I'm fine with like books for fun, fiction or whatever, memoir. But if I'm trying to learn something like better than before something i need to reference i can't figure out how to do all that electronically i can't you know mm. even bookmark and highlight and i can never find it again it's just gone so i i just downloaded a couple books digitally to read i guess david Zdaris has a new book coming out mm. either oh, of you yeah. big fans of his i love him <gasps> I saw, you gave me that book naked naked yeah. did you laugh hysterically it was hysterical oh my god yeah. it's one of my favorite books so he has it's, a new book that's coming out in may called calypso and uh, apparently it's essays about being 50 and being married and having uh-huh. kids. And I think there's a couple serious essays in it. I guess one of his sisters committed suicide and he talks about that. Hmm. So I'm anxious to read that book too. But in all my spare time. Yeah, I, right. right. I read like three pages a day. It's amazing how like the book list gets longer and longer. I know. Well, I was like, I was struggling to find anything to read. And now I'm like, I have this entire list. Same yeah. here. It's Kirsten's fault. It is <laughs> her fault. <laughs> um, okay, so I wanted to talk today. Uh, actually, I had thought of this idea. And then I had two different fans ask me to talk about this. Your 20s versus your 30s versus your 40s. And what life is like in those three decades. So I don't know about you, but those three decades were really different from each other for me. Oh, me mm-hmm. too. Definitely. Were they? Yeah. Oh, my God. So talk to me. Let's just start with our 20s. What were the 20s about for you guys? What were they about? You want to go first, Kath? Uh, I don't care. Go ahead. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, for me, it was finishing school. My early 20s were getting out of school. I graduated high school in 1988, but it took me six years to graduate from college. Um, so it was basically finishing school, working full time, but I was young and dumb. Like, I don't feel like I was an exceptionally great person in my twenties, mm-hmm. my later twenties better. 
Um, but my early 20s, no. Like, and I... What do you mean? Were you selfish? Were I you- was selfish. I wasn't focused. I um, I kind of was just all over the place. I should not have... Prob- I should have, you know, now kids I think are doing a lot more of gap years, mm-hmm. going to junior college for a year. I for sure should have done that out of high school. But I totally had, like, I mean, I wouldn't have allowed myself to do that because it's like, I, you know, I, I wish I had... I, I was. It would have been totally FOMO. Like, I would not have... Mm-hmm. Won- all my friends were going away. I had to go away. You know, and I got in, so gotta go. Yeah, I should have had more Tom Hayslip and um, had phobia. <laughs> yes, right, phobia, fear of being included. <laughs> Wish I had a little more Tom Hayslip in me then. But I went, and I shouldn't have gone, and it totally threw me off course because I didn't do well, and then just totally affected my confidence and self. Like I was just really insecure, and so I just think I acted stupid. Like I just what I drank a lot. I just wasn't really smart about you know, who I was at that time. So I look back on it and it's a really frustrating time. Like I don't really like how I acted in my early 20s um, in the early 1990s. But I also feel like you, you know, you have to go the path to become the person you are. Mm -hmm. So maybe it made me work harder in my late 20s and my 30s to be a better person and more focused person. Right. But yeah, I just feel like I was, you know, young and dumb in my 20s. Definitely. I moved to L.A. in 1995. Got a great job. Made really good friends. But you, um, that, so that's your 20s? So that helped, yes. That was my more late, yeah, my later 20s. And I met my husband when I was 28, and that definitely... I didn't know you were that young when you met him. Yeah. But we actually met when I was 26. We were working together. Mm-hmm. But we didn't start dating until we were 28. And then he definitely, he was so focused. Like, he was totally the, like, different. Like, he went to college, went to a really good college, graduated in four years, had a great job out of college. Like, he was super focused. He was the anti-genie. So when I met him when we were 28, like, he had a really good job, and he was doing really well, and just on, like, a much higher trajectory than I was. Mm -hmm. And it did help, like, made me want to be a better person. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So helped. Uh, is he older than you? Same age? Well, I joke. I mean, he's six months older than me, but he oh. was born in 1969 and I was born in 1970. So I'm always like, he's born in the 60s. I was born in the 70s. Uh, so much older. Oh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Dawning of the age of Aquarius. There is. <laughs> Darren is an Aquarius man. So he's six months older than me. Yeah. Okay. So you're okay. the same age. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> except for he's 48 and I'm 47 right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, we, you, we okay, have, so we they're definitely one, not the same age. No, 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 no he's totally older. We have one more funny. month of being forty-seven. Right? <laughs> you, when do you turn? Wait, when I'm is, August. You're August. Oh, you have a little longer. You're June. No, we're I'm both June. June. You're, yeah, I'm yeah. June eighth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because George is June seventh. Yeah. That's right. I forget that every year. I need to write that down. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I definitely think it helped me. Um, that definitely like gave me more. Uh, I had a really bad boyfriend who moved here with me, who was hor- a horrible person. So Why? That didn't Why was help he horrible? Me. What do you mean? Um, How was he bad? He wasn't like physically bad. Um, he was verbally really bad, mm-hmm. um, like mentally, like really, really bad, uh, like just really messed with my head a lot because he was totally cheating all the time. And then when I oh, kind of knew it, you know, and so bag. you, I would accuse him. I'd be like, you know, let's just end it. Like I, I kind of wanted it to be over because I wanted to know that what I was feeling was right. Like he was. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, just admit it. Like, it's fine. 
but like let's end it and be be done then you know like if you want to be with someone else that that's all right but I can't keep living like this like thinking that you are and then having you tell me you're not right and then he it would turn to this all oh, you're so pathetic you're so insecure why do you keep accusing me of this you know because we, we were living together at the time um and so so and what that, was he and so then I would feel I have no idea so then I would stay even though I knew like you know yeah and so finally this guy he worked with called me and was like I can't we all can't you're too good of a person we can't let this happen anymore he's totally cheating are you kidding no and I was at work when like I called me and it was right after Valentine's Day and he had sent me flowers of course oh so my God. I um so this is like mind you like this is the 90s you know so like there was no calling on the cell phone I mean I maybe had like that giant phone All right. because I was in public relations and they got me one but we had pagers you know so yeah. I'm paging and paging him he actually worked at Earthlink so they had the pagers where you could go onto your computer mm-hmm. and type in a message uh-huh. it would had to be within a certain amount of things and he would get it so I start, you know, I'm calling him on his cell, of course, he's not answering. Uh, or you know, calling him on his office line, he's not answering. And so I start doing his little pager thing and saying, you need to call me right away. And um, and he was like not responding at all. So I um, I was working at Playboy. I took the flowers, threw them into the trash can. My boss's office was there and he was like, uh, what's going on? Uh-oh. <laughs> I walked into the big boss's office. He wasn't there, slammed the door. And then I called and got his voicemail at work. And we literally after four years, moving from the East Coast to LA together, we broke up over voicemail. I left him a voicemail and I was like, you're so pathetic. You can't do this in person. You've strung me along this long. It's over. I already called our landlord and was like, I'm moving out this weekend. And my my really good friends at work helped me move out, moved me into my uncle's guest house. But we broke up over voicemail and never saw each other or spoke again. Are you oh, kidding? No. And we had a dog. And of course, I took the dog because... You know, she's mine. But was we that had a, Phoebe? Phoebe. So we had a dog. So Phoebe came with me. My best friend, Zach and Damien, moved me out. They were big guys, too. So if he had tried to mess with it, because he was huge. He was like six foot four and a big guy, which is so funny, because Darren's like the anti- <laughs> asshole. Of, I won't say his name. He's the anti-asshole, but, um, yes. Uh, but, In more um, ways than one, he's the right. anti-asshole. And the funny thing is, Darren knew him, because we were working together at the time, and he came to like all the events. He like was friends with everyone, knew him. So... Um, Anyways, so that was like a big, I just like when I like, I just was, why would I stay with that person? Like, who was wrong with me? Looking back on it now, I'm like really angry at myself because how much, you know, like, did I have like love and self-love for myself that I let myself stay in that relationship? Oh, it just makes me sick. I just, so I had fun in my 20s, but it's also like looking back on it, it's not an extremely proud time for me to look back on it's not something that I feel great about but I also feel like I don't know that I would have had the confidence to move here had he not been coming with me right so in a way he got me here he that might have been his purpose maybe and maybe you just stayed too long past his purpose clearly (laughs) (laughs) clearly I stayed far too long did you now did you have another relationship after him before no Brian I I just said his name why didn't say his last name it doesn't matter we broke up and literally Darren and I started dating like three months later shut (laughs) up and I remember um like really really liking Darren like falling hard pretty fast and um, I was in public relations at Playboy, so I was with the radio personalities a lot um, locally here in LA. And I was with, you know, Kevin from Kevin yeah. and Bean, Kevin and his wife, Melissa, who 
she, I guess the, she had gotten divorced and they had met pretty quickly and gotten serious. And I said to her, I'm so bummed because I really, really like him a lot. But like we just, I, Brian and I just broke up and I feel like he's like the transition guy. And she's like, no, sometimes God makes you suffer so long with the wrong one. He gives you the right one right away. Oh, and I was like, really I'm going to go with that. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm, I'm going go with that. that. So we started dating and then we were, we were living together a year from the, when we started dating, engaged at two years and married after three years. Wow. Yeah. So you're, wait, so you got married, you were 30? I was 31. Okay. Yeah. So you transitioned from your 20s into your 30s into being married. Yes. So you married your 30s. And I became just such a, because of him, and I give him a lot of credit, I just became a much better person. How funny. Mm -hmm. Well, Darren is a really special guy. He's a really great guy. He definitely... I became just focused. I felt like I was worth more. You know, he made me feel so good. And just also like my life was kind of a mess. Mm -hmm. When we first started dating that the asshole had left me in all this debt. He had, Mm -hmm. he had horrible credit. So he'd opened up cards with my name. (gasps) It was terrible. Yeah. So, um, where did you meet this guy? Uh, and we actually grew up in the same town in McLean, Virginia. Like when I moved there junior in high school, he was, he lived in my little, my area. So were you friends in high school? No, I didn't really, I went to the Catholic school, he went to the public school, but we both actually were working at Banana Republic. Oh, okay. So you He met. was stockroom. <laughs> were you front of the house? I was manager. <laughs> <laughs> of course. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, so um, Darren literally said, I was like carrying this heavy weight of this debt. I was embarrassed to tell him. Mm. And one day he was like, sit me down, sat me down and put, it's like, let's put it all out on the table. And we put it all out. I put out every bill, every everything. He helped me get a consolidation loan to pay it off in three years. He um, had me go to my uncle, ask for a loan, had filled out a whole amortization chart of when I was going to pay my uncle back with 7% interest. He totally got it together wow. so that I, and it was like a, gazillion pound weight off my back right because it's really embarrassing yeah and you're carrying that around and it was like I felt like how dumb are you that you let this person do this to you yeah so um anyways he totally got it all together and I was just like oh thank god it just felt so much better right so I entered my 30s like coming out of debt in love and I had a lot of friends who were like leaving their 20s and were so sad like to be turning 30 Mm. like we're really bummed about turning 30 I was engaged when I turned 30 I was with this great guy we were living in this townhouse in Santa Monica I was like so pumped about my 30s I was like so happy to say goodbye to my 20s (laughs) right (laughs) I was happy to say goodbye to mine too how were your 20s Kathy yeah Kathy you were young when you met Steven I was very young but it was I don't know it was it was different I don't know I feel like it was very um I don't want to say carefree but like the amount of responsibilities were so different I don't know, you know, like from graduating and then starting to work and then going back to grad school and working and then getting married when I was still in my 20s. Like, And were you guys in Boston? I don't know. We were. Yeah. Um, I think the, the hardest part, actually, the whole age thing is kind of funny because I'm three months older than Steven. <laughs> oh, oh, no. The same year? Were you born the same year? We were born the same year, but because of our birthdays, he's actually a year behind me in school. Oh. So for us, the beginning part of the 20s it was very weird like I graduated college so my first year out I'm working and I'm working two jobs and like doing all of that he's a senior in college (laughs) 
fucking around drinking every day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you remember your senior year in college. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of responsibility no, happening. No, you're in like elective heaven. You know what I mean? But yeah. Like I had one class my second semester senior yeah. year. But anyway, um, so it felt like we were at for a while we were at this very different place. He finally graduated, and at that point I had already made the decision to go back to grad school. So I was in the process of applying and all of that kind of stuff. And he was kind of like. Oh, what the hell do I do now? Like, I can't, I don't have a career. Like he would, you know, he had a job and whatnot, but he definitely wasn't as focused. And he was like, we used to drink every night. Like, I can't do that anymore. What's happening right now? Like, I don't know that I like this adult shit. Um, so then I went back to grad school and he had it together. And then like my second year in grad school, he's like, yeah, I need to go to grad school. So he was in this whole thing. Like, it just feel like we were in school. chasing each other for uh, a while. Like we weren't on the same page. Um, How fun to have gone to school all those years together, though. Yeah, well, grad you school You learn a lot about each other, I think, yeah. too. Just like the studying and the, yeah, like the habits we were, and the commitment. Yeah. It was interesting. And so, you know, and then finally, like we sort of all like, you know, later twenties, we were like, okay, we got this. Like we're ready. Right. When we got married. I was twenty eight when we got married. Where did you get married? Boston. In Boston. Yeah. So what uh, internally do you think your twenties were about? Like emotionally internally. I'm not sure that I know. Huh. Do you know what I mean? Like it just felt like I was on this path and this is what you were supposed to do. Like you graduate high school, you go to college, you get a degree, you go to work. Mm-hmm. Like that's just sort of the expected plan. And it was great. Like I loved all of it. We had a great time. We always went out with friends. Like it was just super easy. I felt like everything back then was fairly easy. Easier than now? Yeah, way easier than now. How interesting. Um, I, my 20s uh, were stunk. Uh, uh, I I think I was such a little lost lamb by the time I graduated high school and went into college that 20s for me was about discovering who I was. Like I didn't have any idea who I was until I got to be about 30. I think things, obviously, they start, you're pretty lost in your early 20s, and as you approach mm-hmm. 30, you're less lost. But that whole time for me was in about, an, it was an intense time of, self-discovery and healing like stuff from my childhood so i ebbed and flowed in and out of relationships they never lasted long i didn't have any really good friendships when i lived in i I went to uh college close to my dad's house and then i went to college in downtown atlanta and i didn't find my people in any of those places and i didn't like what i was studying at the end of my when I started college, I wanted to be a high school guidance counselor. And I, that's what I wanted to do. And in the course of taking these psychology classes, I was like, oh, I may actually want to be, I still want to do that, but I may want to be some other type of counselor too, but I definitely like the field of psychology. And then I had my uh, date rape my sophomore year. And my dad, I've talked about this in the last podcast, but my dad um, and his wife divorced and my dad kind of had a break and moved into my dorm with me. So I think I just had too much Mm -hmm. and I had to transfer schools. I needed to get out of that environment. So when I went to Georgia State, I didn't like their psych department. It was very clinical. Whereas the place I was before, it was very like, what is the origin of your feelings? It was very much like me, you know, let's get to the root of the problem and address the problem. It wasn't about the chemicals in your brain are reacting this way and the neurons. And I didn't like that kind of psychology. So I changed to finance, which is something I've always been good at. 
I hated it. I hated it. And so like my fourth year of college, I was like, fuck it, I'm moving to New York. I never graduated college. So I moved to New York and then I was just, you know, New York was wonderful. I studied acting. Um, I, I really figured out the metal I was made of because to be able to live in New York, paying your own bills, going to school for four years, you pretty much figure you can do just about anything Mm -hmm. i mean that's really hard Mm -hmm. now i was in a lot of credit card debt also because i wasn't really making it Mm -hmm. but i was making it you know what i mean i was making it and incurring a lot of debt while making it Mm -hmm. um and that stressed me out like what you're talking about i was so stressed out about my credit cards very heavyweight it's awful and and i had a student loan and I'm, I'm trying to be an actress and that's when i started writing i started writing in new york because i was um Everybody kept saying, you got to lose a Southern accent. You got to lose a Southern accent. And I kept going, I'm trying. I'm going to classes. It's not going away. You should hear what I came from. You hear my daddy talk? <laughs> and you go, wow, that's a massive improvement. You don't sound like Jimmy. You're pretty good. But I was like, I don't really want to change who I am. So I was struggling with the, wanting to be an actress and not wanting to quit because I'm not a quitter. And going to school and paying for this, you know, I went I went to school I'm a Meisner trained actress which is a really big deal and I don't want to give up that but I don't really want to do that anymore and how do you give up on a dream and how do you shift your dream and um, after living in New York for four years I moved to LA because I couldn't handle that uh, intensity anymore you know being from Georgia New York's quite a bit more intense so I think I had it as long as I could take it and the whole time I was in New York I was in like an emotional upheaval. I think I was, while I was in New York, I remembered this date rape, which I had buried mentally. So that came back and I was dealing with that. I went into therapy in New York and started digging through my my childhood. So that was emotional. And, you know, I was mugged twice and working like a dog to pay for school. And it was just a really hard time in New York, but really good. Like I loved living there. And it probably gave you a lot of confidence. It, I think in because, the long run, yeah. it did. In the long run, after I got through it, I went, wow, I did that all by myself. I mean, I moved to New York. And I remember getting off the Port Authority, the bus from, uh, from Newark, I took the bus to the Port Authority, and I was like, 42nd Street at the time was not owned by Disney. <laughs> and it was like, Peep Show, Triple X, Triple X, Live Nude, Peep Show, Peep Show. I was like, where am I? I don't, uh, I'm sorry, I've never seen this before, ever. And I've decided to live here, okay. Did you have friends there before you went? Did not know anybody. You did not know one person? Not one person. How did you, like, where did you live? I'd never been there either. Oh my I just God. decided I need a metropolitan place that is not Atlanta, Georgia. Wow. So my, I didn't even think about D.C. I thought of New York, and I went there. And then I just was like, whoa, this is going to be a totally different experience. I mean, I was telling my kids about this the other day. We were in Philly, and we were driving by this huge museum in Philly. And I said to them, my kids are so bored with my stories, but whatever. Um, I'd never been to a museum. So I'm living in New York, just moved there, and I'm walking in Central Park. And I come across this massive building, which is the Met. And I'm like, what the hell is this building? This is the biggest building, like single building I've ever I've ever seen, I think. It's huge. It's not like a skyscraper. It's like a city block wide. It's huge. So I walk up and I go, Oh, okay, this is a museum. So I had I had like 
15 bucks maybe to my name and I was it was seven dollars to get in I paid the seven dollars I went in and directly when you turn like to the when you go in at the time there's like a little room with suits of armor yes in it. that's my kid's favorite room <laughs> I went in that room I love that room it's a great room it's magical it's beautiful oh my god the whole mat is they're beautiful. huge yeah. though they're huge and you go how the hell did anybody carry that on their body and swing <laughs> a battle axe at the same yeah. time yeah. like how, how'd you even get on a horse how did the horse not break his back but anyway I walked in that room and just started bawling because I was like oh my god these things like really exist I stayed at the Met until it closed. I had found it later in the day. It was like four hours. And I cried the whole time because I had no, I had no experience of that type of thing. I didn't understand the scope of the world in the that way. Of it. And that we really have, I mean, there are all the Egyptian artifacts in the Met. That I was like, I'm looking at a real, like, tomb of, there's like a, there's a mummy in that thing. I just couldn't comprehend it. So New York was that for me. It was a lot of like a discovery of the world outside of the world I grew up in. And like, it was just an awakening, really. Sometimes an awakening can be painful, Mm -hmm. you know? So when I moved here, um, I started making friends. I didn't have any friends in New York. I didn't know anybody and I I didn't really make, I made one good friend, but um, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't the right friend. Do you know what I mean? So I came here and I started making friends and everything just felt better here in my 20s. I started writing seriously in my 20s, um, writing screenplays. And um, <clears throat> I was writing one acts in New York that I was producing and also acting in. And then when I moved out here, I was like, I'm going to shift. I'm going to try to write a screenplay and see how I like that. And then uh, I liked it a lot. And this girl that I'd met in New York, Liz, was here and she and I was telling her I was started to write something. She was like, let's write something together. I was like, okay. So that's how I started kind of writing with a partner. I started writing with her. And then life started, I started kind of, life started easing up. Like it wasn't so intense anymore, emotionally, mm-hmm. uh, by my late 20s. But I, everything was very emotionally intense how in my early 20s. How old were you when you moved here? 27. Okay. I also found too. I mean, I grew up in Ohio, and then we moved to DC. And DC, the weather is better than Ohio, but it's a lot of gray, especially growing up in Ohio. And I always wanted to move to LA, mm-hmm. California, but like really LA. Although I would have taken San Francisco, um, but I was always just drawn to it. And I had family here, so it was an easy place to come. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like the sunshine mm-hmm. changed me. Yeah, I'm sure. I think that the gray weather really affected me. Uh, it affects a lot of people. That's yeah. not a crazy thought. It affects a lot of people. I'm not Just happier not, in sunshine. Yeah. Sir, you Absolutely. have to be a special person, I think, to live in Seattle. John Denver knew it. <laughs> you know, right? John Denver. Sun, sunshine on my shoulders. He knew a lot. He did. John Denver. <laughs> um, but anyway, I thought I, I, I would not, I do not regret my 20s at all. But I would really not like to repeat it, ever. Under any circumstances, would I like to go back and live that over again? Me neither. Nope. Not not ever. Right? I but you said it was so easy. Point. It was. Yeah. I don't. I didn't feel like. I feel like I have just been on a path, and like that was the way it was supposed to go. Uh-huh. Like everything sort of went like it was supposed to. But I don't know that I would want to do that again. I see. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not like it was so amazing. It wasn't terrible by any stretch of the imagination. Right. Like, I think I've known for a very long time 
where I was going and how to get there. And I just made that happen. So that was good, but I don't want to be freaking 20 again. No. Ugh. What would you say was the biggest or most important thing you learned in your 20s? Uh, I don't know. That's a good uh, you question. Know what? <laughs> um, I'm really good. Fr- I made really good friends after I moved here. And they're still my friends. And I think that having the really good friends was what kind of gave me the confidence that it was okay to get out of the relationship. Like, I didn't need him. I have uh-huh. these people. Aha. Uh-huh. And I feel like in your 20s, your friends become more family. Yeah, they do. Then when you're high school friends, they don't necessarily feel like family Mm -hmm. in that, you know, when you're older and living on your own and you guys are doing meals together all the time and doing all these different things together, they become more like family. Mm -hmm. And so um, I feel like I definitely became a better friend in my 20s and learned how to have closer friends. Right. They're your family of choice. Mm -hmm. Right. You choose those people. Right. To be your family. Um. That's a good thing to have learned. What do you think you learned, Kathy? I don't know. I'm not entirely sure. I think I learned, I mean, I definitely matured a lot Mm -hmm. in my 20s. I definitely learned how to be, like, professionally a better person. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that it does me an ounce of good today, Uh but um, (laughs) since I'm just, like, career... 2.0 that was like a million years ago but I feel like I definitely grew a lot as a person in that regard yeah Um, I think it was my most intense time of growth too that that 10 year period I grew so much in that time period I see I grew a lot professionally I don't know that I grew a lot emotionally as a person Mm. until I was in my 30s interesting in my 30s I was in a stable relationship not that it wasn't so unstable in my 20s because it's still the same person but we were married we had the kids whatever but it was a place where I could actually explore the relationship with my mom and figure out like Uh, and I didn't do that in my 20s 20s, I tried that very early on in my 20s and failed miserably um how did you try what do you mean late teens um uh, you know obviously I was a psychology major in undergrad and uh we had to do this exercise, whatever, I don't know. But like I reached out to my mom to sort of express our, my thoughts and feelings on our relationship, whatever. And it would just couldn't have backfired more. <laughs> wow. um, and I just shut it down. I was like, all right, not going there and whatever. And it really wasn't until I was 30 that I could actually open that box and be like, okay, this is you, not me. Right. This is how I'm going to get through life. This is how I'm going to deal with it. Right. And But I couldn't do that in my 20s. I do feel, and I don't know when if it was my late twenties, um, but there was definitely things I was holding on to from growing up. Um, and I, listen, I like consider myself very lucky. I had a roof over my head. I didn't want for anything. Right. But there was definitely issues within the family, and I was like, I harbored a lot of that. I think, and I also used it to blame. Mm certain you know like well it's not my fault that i'm you know taking forever to graduate from college is because you guys right right and i think that my 20 my late 20s and maybe my early 30s too were more about me taking responsibility for myself right and not blaming other people and letting go i think that i I could say that as well Mm -hmm. i i blamed uh, uh, yeah, I blamed a lot of people in my twenties, and then it, and then started taking responsibility for myself mm-hmm. as well. I, I started learning. I started separating what is me, like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. What is me, and what is my mom? What is me, and what is my dad? What what is right. what of this box is me, 
in my 20s. I think that's really what I learned. I wasn't necessarily able to apply some of what I've learned until my 30s. But in my 20s, that's what I was learning was what is me and what is not me? What do I like and what do I not like? What is my friends and what is me? That was a big thing that I learned in my 20s. And I think everybody in their 20s, my next question is what advice would you give someone in their 20s today? My advice would be not everything is as as intense as you think it is, right? Right. It's not as intense as you think it is. Not to deny your feelings or to say that your feelings aren't valid, but but to give yourself a little like release of the valve. Like, okay, I'm feeling this really intensely, but maybe it's not quite as intense as I'm feeling it so that you can kind of let yourself (laughs) calm down a little bit. Because 20s was tumultuous for me a bit. What would, what advice would you guys give someone in their twenties? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's something similar. Like slow down, slow down. Like you're twenty. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like you really have so much, and you have no idea where you're going. Even though you think you have a trajectory, how many of us are where we thought we were going to be when we were twenty? You totally. know what I mean. So I don't know. I think everything is just take a breath to mm-hmm. slow down. Maybe. Yeah, I think that's good. Definitely slow down. And also just, um, I, and I think for them, it's even way more than for us. But like, you know, I wish I didn't look back and feel like embarrassed or shame about certain parts of my 20s. But for them, it's like their social media. Right. <laughs> so it's all out there. So right. just think, you know, right. thinking about, you know, they're, first of all, if they're applying for jobs, you know, like be really think about what you're putting out there because believe me, that's what every employer is looking at. That's very good advice. Yeah. Is looking to see what's on their Facebook and what's on their Instagram and, you know, what kind of person they are because it, tell, it says a lot. And so maybe to, you know, take a little bit more pride in themselves. I wish I had. That's so hard mm-hmm. because, you know, through those mistakes, you learn, right? You right. learn when you make mistakes. So you learn when you drink too much hunch punch and you vomit all over your car, yep. but you're maybe not going to do that again. But, <laughs> yes. you know, to have to learn it before experiencing it is a tall order, you know, to go, just yeah. take my advice. Right. Because did you take your parents' advice? No. I didn't take yeah. my parents' advice on learning anything. Right. So then because it's so public for these kids that's really kind of tragic yeah i mean yeah you don't want to be the person that posts your boobs or whatever but if you're the person that posts your boob posts your boobs you would hope there would be some kind of forgiveness at a certain age that that kid was working on being 20 right. you know what i mean right but there's not that's really a scary place to be now mm-hmm. i think as a 20 year old they have is to be so much more careful right the permanence of their choices mm-hmm. we i mean thank god there was no social media when i was in college because there was be, no <laughs> we had no like if we brought a camera to a party it was a disposable camera yeah, totally. Yeah, right? You, <laughs> so you had to drop developed. off at the drugstore yes. and maybe you remember to pick up your pictures and if they'd all be crap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? Because you can't see the digital screen to right. see what you're taking you a picture no of. Idea. So someone's shoe, you know, a solo cup. Totally. No idea what it was. I mean, the amount of times I got shoved through my dorm window, completely passed out drunk. I, I can't imagine where that would end up, you know, yep. if, if it were uh-huh. today. Right. Oh, you know, we oh shoved God. her through her window again. She couldn't walk home. Had to just shove her. I thank God I had a first floor dorm room. Right, constantly they they had these. You know, this sounds risque, but male escorts like safety escorts. Yeah, oh yeah. And they constantly find me yeah, passed out around safety, a bench. Let's call it a safety escort. And they shoved me through my dorm room window. They all knew where I lived. They shoved me through the dorm room window. 
uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's really a shame. I hadn't thought about that, but that is a shame that they can't make mistakes privately. No. It's also public right. now. All right, let's move on to our 30s. Yeah. <laughs> You're done with your 20s. What about your 30s? What were your 30s about? Getting married, having kids. Learning how to be a mom. Yeah. Same. I think, yeah. And juggle, yeah. How to juggle. Loved it, though. I mean, I some of my happiest moments, I remember, were... Like looking in my rearview mirror and seeing two little bodies back there. Yeah. And just being like, yes, I love this. Yeah, yeah. 30s were awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of joy. It was a lot of exhaustion, mm-hmm. but it's a lot mm-hmm. of joy. Same with me, and it was it's around family. But also, I was working a job I hated in my 30s to help Bert, and that was um, really hard because I didn't want to be there. But... Um, and in all honesty, if I'm really honest, because my 40s are better than my 30s in some ways in that um, learning how to be married was hard for me. Um, I was happy to be married and I was happy to be married to Bert. But being an only child and um, having this tumultuous upbringing and having seven divorces between my two parents marriage was not super instinctual for me (laughs) so learning how to be married was a little hard and negotiating what I need versus what the family needs versus what Bert needs you know and always trying to find the greater good and sometimes at my own expense I found was much harder in my 30s than in my 40s like learning that lots of sacrificing Mm -hmm. lots of sacrificing in lots of shifting because I was writing until I had kids and then we had to go well somebody's career we can't have two fledgling artistic careers somebody's got to pay the rent and somebody's got to go after their dream so uh, could you imagine Burton a day job <laughs> never 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 would that have worked so obviously I'm the one I mean that to that took the stable job and made our home stable so that he could go on the trajectory he's on now recently since i started this podcast and and uh i help bert so much creatively i feel like i've sort of hitched back up to that part of who i am but i mean that's a long delay that's like 13 year delay Mm -hmm. of having i mean george is almost 14 so about 14 years i've been not doing that and not i don't regret it but it does come at an emotional cost you Mm -hmm. know where i go I suck pretty much until that podcast with Jair. I was like, I'm pretty much, I pretty much suck because I just totally gave up on everything for myself, which is not actually entirely true. Mm -hmm. But sometimes your belief systems aren't based on truth. Mm -hmm. They're based on reactions and perception and a lot of different things. So I don't know. I I don't want to, it was definitely easier than my 20s, my 30s. But my 30s was not without a lot of growth and growth mm-hmm. sometimes comes with discomfort. Um, I would look in the rearview mirror and see these two monkeys and be super happy. And and I was really happily married, am still. But I did have a lot of like, fuck, I, I really did have this career going and I really just stopped it. I mean, of the two of us, I was more successful when I put my stuff on hold. I was, studios were calling me to adapt books into screenplays and stuff like that. And that definitely wasn't happening for Bert. So I think that made it really hard, too, is that I had gotten to a place where I was about to go on a big trajectory, and I made the choice not to do that 
in support of being a good mom because I was like, I can't write six days a week, eight, 10 hours a day and raise two children. I can't, I can't ethically that didn't work for me. And that's the way I wrote. I didn't write for like an hour here and an hour there. I sat down and I wrote all day long. And um, so I'm happy for my choices, but it didn't come without some collateral damage, right? So I don't know. The 30s were way better than the 20s, though. Mm-hmm. I definitely think so, too. What do you think about your 30s, Kathy? Having babies? Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it was really hard figuring out how to be a mom, mm-hmm. figuring out how to be the kind of mom I wanted and not repeat necessarily the model that I was given. Mm-hmm. So I think that forced me to deal a lot with that stuff. Oh, with your mom. Yeah. Okay. That, that makes I didn't, sense. I wasn't ready to deal with or didn't want to. Um, but in order to be the kind of mom I wanted to, I had to. Like, you can't just throw it under the rug for ever, apparently. Um, <laughs> as much as we'd like as to. As much as I'd like yeah. to. Um, so, yeah, I think there was a lot of growth in that regard. Right. Um, and I didn't at that point feel like I had given up a career. I knew I had, but I was okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a choice that I, I was like, I can't do both. I don't want to do both. Mm-hmm. I can't be the the social worker that I want to be mm-hmm. and have these two children and right. I can't be the mom I want to be and continue that job in that way. So that, that goes. And I was fine with that. Yeah. Um, I think now it's a different scenario. In your thirties. In my thirties, that was, I was okay. It was, that was the choice. That's what I wanted. Um, and it wasn't that challenging to give up. Right. Um, yeah. It was kind of a forced give up too. Yeah. Like moving, because we moved to California. I got pregnant right away. Um, and my license didn't transfer to California. Uh, California is very challenging in regards to all of those licenses and degrees and whatnot. Um, so in order to you know get licensed here in California, I needed to jump through a bunch of hoops and then... You were you pregnant. Know, I started to, but then I had a baby. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I can't do that. I have a six-week-old. That's not happening. Right. So it was very easy for it to just fall to the wayside. Right. So... So what would you say, I'm asking the same two questions, what would you say you learned in your 30s? Like, what did you learn? Um, I definitely became a lot more confident person because I felt like I was being a good mom, being a good wife. I had a good job. I was working at Clear Channel in sales. I was one of the top salespeople. They gave me a lot of flexibility because they wanted to make sure I came back. Yeah. Um, So they let me work um, flex hours and they let me work from home on Fridays so that I could do my mommy and me Mm -hmm. class. So it was, um, I just felt like, you know, when your work is making you feel good and you're feeling good as a mom, like I just felt like I gained a lot of confidence in my 30s. I was definitely exhausted, but gained a lot of confidence, again, made more amazing friends because I made my mom friends Mm -hmm. who were, who, you know, today are like, I can't even imagine like that life. It's like why I love living here and why I love our village. And um, so I made amazing friends. We got really involved at our temple, which we had never been involved or belonged to a temple before. Um, So there was just all these new friends and new places new schools and just i loved every little step that right. we made that's good yeah so you gained confidence definitely confidence that's good what do you think you learned kathy yeah i definitely learned a lot more about me mm-hmm. as a person as a mom 
um, I definitely grew a lot in my 30s. I think I gained some confidence, not probably as much as I think I was coming I from a lower point than but you. <laughs> <laughs> as was I. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think I grew a lot um, in terms of what did I learn? Yeah, I think I just learned more about myself and who mm-hmm. I am as a person and where I want to, what kind of person I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot more self-reflection going on in my 30s than there was in my 20s. Right. Interesting. I think I learned um, I learned how uh, powerful I am. I started to learn that that it my going from where I came from going to New York City. I didn't know anybody when I moved here either and I had never been to LA ever. I just went I'm just moving there. So I think it started to settle in in my 30s that that was not normal. Yeah. That that was a bit <laughs> pretty abnormal. Big, yeah. And then that might mean that I might be a lot stronger than I thought it was. I think I learned that because going through my 30s and writing all these screenplays and going to all these studio meetings and then meeting Bert and getting married and having kids and supporting him in his career. I support him uh, creatively a lot too. Um, he... I, I by no means write anything for him, but I'm definitely the person he bounces everything off of. And he, for him to say that was a really good idea is really cool. But yeah, I think I learned, started started to really feel how uh, strong I was and how powerful and empowered yeah. I think mm-hmm. I was in my 30s. I didn't feel that way in my 20s. No, I totally agree with you. Empowered is a great word. There, are, It's like after especially giving birth. Yeah. And you feel like I <laughs> yeah. am a woman. Hear me roar. I remember telling people that like you're literally like I can fucking do anything. I just gave birth to a baby. Right. Like, and that I remember like that not expecting to feel that way. Right. And I felt like so strong. Yeah. And you also feel like at the end of the day, when you have, you know, gotten your grocery shopping done, you know, woken your baby up, bathed your baby, changed your baby, done all that, done all your activities, and you put that baby to bed at night, you feel like so accomplished. Yeah. Like I made it through that day. Yeah. I remember when Darren used to travel for work, you know, whatever, just for like three or four days. I the end of that, I'd feel exhausted, but I'd feel so empowered. Like right. I did that all by myself. Yep. I didn't die. <laughs> I just made it through three days by myself. Like just how empowering all that felt all the time right what advice would you give someone in their 30s hmm have fun it goes by so, so fast, fast. Good especially advice. with kids that whole Man, blink of an eye thing it really does oh like all of a sudden you're like wait a minute 45 how the hell did that happen yeah, yeah. like I feel like it goes by so fast yeah. and that decade in particular was an More awesome so. decade um, yeah, and I feel like more, like I mean I got married and had two babies, you know, yeah, yeah. in my thirties, like the, pretty much like the most like the hugest most you. amazing changes in my life yeah. happened in my thirties. Yeah, it was an amazing decade. It did go by in the blink of an eye, but I loved it. I yeah. loved yeah. being in my thirties. Same here. That yeah. that enjoy it, enjoy it, really enjoy it, and stop maybe and be present. We get on this freight train. Mm-hmm. I think you just stop and be present and be in present time. Mm-hmm to coin a Scientology phrase. Be yeah. in present time. Just be right here. That's probably some good advice. I'm trying to now when I'm at events and I see like a lot of people taking video or taking pictures. Um, I feel like when you when I'm holding my phone and I'm trying to do something, I'm not being present. I'm not like yeah. actually physically feeling and watching that moment. Mm-hmm. So I'll look around and see who's taking pictures and then I'll just sit there and focus. And at the end of it, I'll be like, can you send me your pictures? Yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> I do that too at like choir concerts yes, and stuff for Georgia. Yes, I don't. I want to sit, just sit, uh huh, and watch it and watch it and take it in and yeah. not be worried about whether I'm focused or I'm framed right. Like I just want to sit and take it in. I mean, maybe someday I'll be super sad that I don't have all that video or all those pictures. But even as it is now, I don't sit there and constantly go back and look at them. So. No. It's like, I just want to try to be more reflective and just sit and take in those moments. Mm-hmm. All right, our 40s. Woohoo. Hi, uh, what, what was my question? Still um, in it. Still, still right. in it. <laughs> still in, in the 40s. 40s. Yeah. Well, I'm 48 this year. 40, I right? turned 48 June 8th, yeah. Yep, so we're and approaching way, You, went, you know what's ha- fun that happens in your 40s? What? Is um, like this weekend, tomorrow, mm-hmm. I'm going to Santa Inez because um, oh. your friends start turning 50. So nice. <laughs> you get to go away and celebrate your friend's 50th birthdays. Everybody is doing a trip. So this weekend we're in, of course it's going to come to our birthdays and we're going to have like spent all our money on all of our friends trips right? and we're not going to do anything. <laughs> but um, this weekend we're going to Santa and as we all do seven couples nice, staying in a bed fun. and breakfast in Solvang, doing the whole bike riding, wine and fun. olive tasting all day Saturday. That's awesome. And then her husband rented out a restaurant for Saturday nights doing a whole slideshow. I'm like, it's like, she's her bar mitzvah. So we're doing this whole weekend and I'm so excited for it. So I'm like, there's a big positive. Next summer, my whole family is going to Italy and um, France for my friend Claudine's 50th. Awesome. And I'm like, what are we doing for ours? Like nothing's ever going to live up to like what we did for our right. friends. All right. But Darren turns 50 next year too. So I'm like, can we just pretend it's your trip too? <laughs> we're doing that a with our trip. two families together for her 50th her husband's planning it and asked if we wanted to go and we were like heck yeah, yeah we'll go great. totally yeah very exciting so the awesome. what you would say about your 40s is get ready to party is that what you're saying <laughs> get ready to celebrate your 50th friends well you do I forget get to, about the um, whole decade so in the 30s too I feel like I, we, I de- like my drinking went way down. My going yep. to bed early went way up. Yep, same. <laughs> my, um, I mean, like uh, an exciting weekend was like us binge watching Six Feet Under in our thirties. Yeah. Like that was like you know, you there was a one Friday night when our kids were like you know toddlers. Is there was a high school kid on our block having a huge party that like that quickly got out of hand. There was like a, every kid in the valley I felt like was on the our street. Um, and my husband and I poured ourselves drinks and sat in front of like with all the lights out, sat in front of the window staring at it. We're like, this is so pathetic. This is our Friday night. The police came. It was really exciting. It was all fun and games until some two boys started peeing on our front lawn. And then he went outside and was like, what are you doing? But that was like the fact that I remember it is probably like a good twelve years ago is a little sad. That was a highlight, right? So that in our thirties, we were definitely much more chill. There, our our socializing was much more like with our friends during the day, like you know, going Mm -hmm. out with the kids, adventures with the kids, those things. And then you're exhausted at night. We would take turns. One of us got to sleep in on Saturday, and one of us got to sleep in on Sunday. Nice. So because you know they were up with the yeah. sun so um so we would take turns with that so that actually worked really well but i feel like in our 40s the social definitely picked back up again because the kids were older yep. so and they got themselves up in the morning and they poured themselves a bowl of cereal and weren't like i'm hungry you know yep. at six yeah. in the morning so so we had more flexibility with our time mm-hmm. and so we definitely started being much more social with our friends and going out more and um and doing all that so I feel the same. Yeah, yeah. I think that's true. Does that feel the same yeah. to you? Yeah, we were definitely much 
quieter in our 30s. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you would think that's when you'd be partying, but with small children. Right. No. You just can't do it. The price to yeah. pay is too high. It's oh, too right. That's so true, it's right? True. Yeah. You cannot be exhausted the whole next day and with a headache. It's like there's just, it's not worth it. You do it once and you don't forget. It's like the person throwing up the thing and you got to live yep. and learn. Yep. Yeah. You do that once with a toddler. You drink too much and then the next day oh. you pay you for pay it for so it. badly right. that right. you just do not make that mistake again. Yep. Right. It's not worth it. It's not, not worth it. it. But yeah. the 40s, yeah, the forties is when I feel like I solidified my current friendships. Right, mm-hmm. I still have friends from my twenties, but obviously the friends in my neighborhood tend to be the ones I'm closer to because we all have kids in the neighborhood. At this moment, I'm closer to you know you guys to the people on my podcast and a few other people who don't want to be on my podcast <laughs> <laughs> who are chicken, but um, <laughs> but. I feel the same way, but okay. So what was it about though? Emotionally, right? Right. Like I like to find out what was your emotional path in your forties. So I can tell you mine. I think mine was going, I was discovering my strengths and weaknesses and trying to address those where I think my thirties, I was discovering my strengths, Mm -hmm. but we have weaknesses too. And I don't Mm -hmm. think I was in touch with those in my thirties. I think in my forties, I was willing to go, okay, I am really stubborn. Like Bert's been telling me you're really stubborn and that drives me crazy and I've been going, fuck you. Yeah. I'm not fucking stubborn and I'm not doing anything you say. Yeah. But that's not stubborn. That's because I don't agree with what you say. But in my 40s, I started going, huh, maybe I am a little stubborn. Maybe that's not something I want to be. Uh-huh. Huh, maybe I am a little rigid here. And maybe that's not something I want to be either. I don't think I did that in my 30s. I was more reactionary in my 30s, too, I think. Um, Immediately, like, something would upset you or be wrong. And even if it was totally, I would react. Yeah. In my 40s, I I take a step back. Same here. It's definitely easier in your 40s to take a step back. Because we have perspective now. Yeah. And we know where that other road leads us. And it's not necessarily a positive place. Even if we know we were right, we know we're right. Right. We know what's happening is very wrong. Right. If being reactionary doesn't always elicit the best response. And so I now have learned, I mean, believe me, there's still moments I'm sure that I react. But I have learned to take a step back and take a breath and wait give it some time and Mm. figure out a better plan yes that happened in my 40s that was definitely not me in my 30s same here right i I, same here i was far less patient in my 30s than i am in my 40s and i'm a pretty patient person but i was much less patient patient in my 30s um and I feel like I'm, I was, I've always been a good listener, but I feel like I'm a better listener too now. I don't know if it's because I'm not, I'm doing what you're talking about, which is deciding not to react and instead kind of taking it in and processing it and then reacting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that willingness to look at my weaknesses, it's really a willingness mm-hmm. to say, I, I, okay, I am not perfect. And not that I ever thought I was perfect, but to say maybe what Bert's talking about is actually true and I should look at that instead of defending it and saying, you know, I'm not yelling at you. Well, what do you call that? Well, it's not yelling. You want me to show you yelling? I'll show you yelling. You know, Can you tell my daughter that? <laughs> when she's 40. Yes, because she's like, why are you being so mean to me, she'll say. And I'm like, because uh, you've been yelling at me. That was not yelling. I know. Well, what's that? It's not yelling. I know, well... What do you think, Kathy? What was it about for you inside? 
No, I think you're totally right. I think a willingness and ability to step back. I think it also goes to um, when you're more confident, then you can actually look at your weaknesses. Right. When you feel good enough about yourself, you can say, okay, so there's all of me. Yeah. And this is the part that I may not love so much. But it's still so how do it really I deal with it or what do I, how do I deal with it differently? Yeah. yeah. That's a good way. Okay, of we are going to be amazing at 50. At 50? <laughs> I think I may actually glow. I'm going to be so amazing. I may levitate and glow. I, I can't wait. I know. I, I, I And I'm not weird about birthdays. Like no. I, I know people, like, I, luckily the people who I'm celebrating with are totally fine with turning 50, but I know people who get like really upset yeah. about age and don't uh-uh. want to talk about it. Every decade to me has gotten better. Me so too. I don't, I'm like, what? no, I'm bring it. It's all good. Totally. I, I don't like how fast time is going. I wish I could make right. it slow down. But it does, that doesn't have to do with me and my age. It has more to do with like my kids and where we yeah, are right now and same. me not wanting. But um, but yeah, I think it's a confidence. I, I do think though in our 40s, we're so busy in our 30s with the kids and the managing the family and like everyone's marriage kind of like you're just doing your best. But in your 40s now that you have more time together again, yep. you have to work on it harder again to make sure that you're still. Right. You well, know. you know, it's interesting. Well, go ahead. What were you going to no, say? Go ahead. Um, I feel like when you have kids together, right, (laughs) it's like war, right? (laughs) You're in like a battle and you divide and conquer sometimes and sometimes you're on the same team. But I feel like you find out whether or not that's really the right spouse for you. Because if you can come through those toddler years not hating the other person or being (laughs) resentful of the other person or feeling taken advantage of, then you know you're probably with the good person. Yeah. And if you don't leave with that perspective, I think it would it would leave me anyway with a lot of questioning. Uh Like, huh. If that's how it is when one kid's throwing up, the other kid's shitting constantly, and you're really just going to leave me here by myself in this manner. I, I'm not sure who you are. Right. You know, I think having kids together really sh- either brings you closer together or tears you apart mm-hmm. because it's so intense. And what if you, you noticed a like when we were entering kindergarten, I felt like with our um, older ones, mm-hmm. I felt like there was like all of a sudden like a whole bunch of people got divorced or like you know like there was you heard in kindergarten oh so-and-so split up or they split up right before kindergarten and then it happens again at middle school like I feel like there's a lull mm-hmm. isn't that interesting and I don't know yeah. if it's because the kids See, entering and the parents be like they're all right well I also wonder too because I feel like part of the 40s at this point my kids are older they don't need me as much obviously they do Mm -hmm. but like it's very different Mm -hmm. so where does that leave me now Mm -hmm. like I'm not this intense mom necessarily obviously that's not going to change but I don't have a career at the moment my kids don't need me as much and my the schools don't need me you know what I mean so where does that leave me what who do I become what what's my path at this point Mm -hmm. and I wonder because it does seem to be like this big rash of people separating or divorcing at this point Mm -hmm. if other people are in that same place where all of a sudden you find yourself going wow this is I'm mid 40s what do I do with my life at this point and if you don't have a partner who supports that or understands that or can help you through that or you just wake up and you look at this partner and you're like wait how did we get here because I think there are people who feel animosity when one's working and one's not yeah Mm -hmm. And so they're like, you know, they're older now. They don't need you, you know, blah, 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 right. you know, back to work, back yep. to work. And that maybe not go so over so well, because then it kind of means you're belittling what I've been doing. 
right all these years that are the opposite right. i put you or, know i think about this not for me because what i've been saying but there's an another couple that comes to mind where i go you know she had as big a career as he did she stopped of her own volition to have children now how does she look at that now to go well you got to achieve your goals and your dreams mm-hmm. personally and i place mine on hold and and i'm resentful of that mm-hmm. i don't feel that way with bert but there's another couple i know where i go i think that may be happening mm-hmm. that there's a resentment that he got to move on and she like her growth was stunted so to speak yeah. in her the trajectory of her career yeah um i don't feel that it's way. it's interesting yeah well i wonder if there is research i'd be curious so if there's certain ages for kids where there's a high, really high rate of divorce oh it is interesting yeah. and i know like my a good friend of mine literally was at college for one month she's the youngest of two and got the call that her, her dad had left her mom. I think, Wait, how old? How long had they been married? Like forever. I mean, my parents like too. Twenty five years. Or when something. I, yes, twenty seven years. Like I her was dad in college was just and they're like, yeah, waiting we're done. for her and to get out of like, the house and was what like, I'm out. The hell but happened? Wait, what? Say that again, Kathy. My parents were the same thing. Once I was in college, my younger brother turned 18 mm-hmm. and 27 years. My parents are like, yeah, we're done. I was like, what? Was it what? one or was it both? No, it was definitely one. Yeah, so my friend yeah. with my friend, her dad was like, I'm out. Yeah, my mom was like, <laughs> bouncing, <laughs> like, I'm gone. Oh, your mom left? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah my friend's mom was devastated. Was your dad devastated? Yes. Yeah. I actually think it killed him, honestly. Oh. I think Aww. he died of a broken heart, I swear to God. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was terrible. Oh. But. Oh, does that yeah. lead to, like, my, resentment my older and brother, your mom? You were who is... 10 years older it was he was devastated he's he was about to get married and he's like what the hell yeah now talk about adding all that baggage onto your wedding that like i thought my parents they've been married forever and all of a sudden now they're not anymore like that just ruined my whole view of marriage and life he's like what the hell am i entering into so yeah it was really it was insane for did you have any inkling that that was happening do you have no idea whatsoever did they seem happy to you no no yeah but i think when we were growing up that that was okay but i don't know that my mom would ever be happy so i don't know i don't know so i feel like i feel like it's five 11 12 so it's like starting kindergarten starting middle school graduating high school like five 11 12 18 mm -hmm. i'd be curious if that's like the highest rates of divorce for parents is those ages because those kids are transitioning transitioning mm-hmm. to a point that they're more independent you know right. with kindergarten they're in school i feel like when we were in kindergarten there was like six there are a lot of people i didn't start kinder with you guys well yeah. max is there's a, there's a, a year, year in, between. in between but still but even sasha's year there yeah. was like a ton of i feel like they're awesome we were like oh oh i wasn't i that was my first year i didn't oh, know right. everybody so mm, i didn't yeah. i i wasn't I, I know i can think of like two and now there's a few Fifth grade families who are gra- who are graduating this year who are mm-hmm. oh really mm-hmm. I didn't know that we'll have to talk about that after yeah <laughs> fill me in after we don't need to talk about that publicly yes. no but I want to speak mm-hmm. a little bit to what you're talking about Kathy because I feel like um, I was at that place my kids are up and running they don't need me anymore what the hell am I supposed to do with myself right because unlike people who um, have kids right out of college or right after high school even for people I grew up with they they didn't have a career like or or if they had a career it wasn't their full focus and then have kids right because i had my first daughter i I had georgia when i was 33 so i had uh, you know 
a decade plus of working toward a goal that shifted and now it can shift back or it can do whatever I want but it's it's like tasting blood, right? You you tasted blood before you had kids, and now you want the taste of blood again, or at least you know what the taste of blood is. Right. Whereas if you have kids right out of high school or right out of college, you don't really get to taste that blood, so you don't really know what it's like. Do you know what I mean? To have yeah. that self-fulfillment? Well, you have to create, I think, um, something that now works for you within your life, like yes, what right. you're doing here. Yes, like this podcast. This is, this right. is going to become something larger that is going to become probably kind of a full-time job for you that is going to be great because you love doing it, you know? Yes, that's true. So I, I feel like you just have to, I, I mean, I worked in sales, obviously, for Clear Channel and then Disney. When I went to work at Disney from Clear Channel, Clear Channel had given me a ton of flexibility. I mean, when I left there, I was doing a job share. I was only working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and making great money. Of course, they laid us off because they were paying us too much money to work three days a week. Right. And they figured that out. So um, I went to work at Disney, which offered me no flexibility, right. no nothing. It right. was the most unfamily friendly company to work for ever. Shocking, right? Uh huh. <laughs> and I hated it. Um, absolutely hated it. Mm. And at the, I spent my entire last year there figuring out how are you going to find, use your talents and find something that works for you. Right. And I've, like total fluke found this job through a friend but I get to work from home I manage my own schedule I'm left alone um other than my boss calling me right now but um <laughs> uh I, like they I pretty much get left alone you know I can right. do my own thing and I actually really really like it right more than any other sales job I've ever done right so I always it's like my 2.0 but I had to kind of find figure out like I've kept making I, I'm a journal person and I'm a list person uh-huh. and I kept making lists about what I want to do, how I could still use my experience, but into something that wor- this works for me. And I took a big right. pay cut to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was worth it. But it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that, that's But the we thing. had to change our lifestyle, you know. Well, yeah, but yeah. but it's for the better. For the better. Yeah, because you uh, your quality of life is more And I'm important. not paying a gazillion dollars in childcare. Totally. And your quality of life has improved. Yes, I'm much happier. Yes, exactly. And that's really what it's all yes. about. Yes, and I think happier. it goes back to that confidence. Like you feel confident enough to say, hey, I need to do something that makes me feel good, mm-hmm. not just do a job. Right. Which I feel it's like not worth we it. did for such a yeah. long time. Yeah. Just get that paycheck or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you're like, I can be a little more selective and I can get pretty much everything I want. Right. I can still get time with my kids. I can still do carpool if I need to. I can still work right. and be flexible. I can't imagine yeah. not being able to pick them up in the afternoon or get them to the activities. I think about that all the time. Like, how would they should they be doing anything that they're doing? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. I mean, uh, it was different when we were kids. I mean, I have a lot of friends. They make a lot of money, though. But yeah. they are paying someone who picks their children up yep. every day and right. drives them everywhere they need to go, which is a huge expense. And so then at what point, if you're paying someone like over $25,000 a year to do that and you subtract from your salary, it's like, where is right. this worth it? Doesn't right. make sense. Yeah. For sure. That and you miss out on all that stuff. Yeah. I want to be there. I right. want to see softball practice. But we do have we an amazing, I mean, we're lucky like with our village though. And oh, especially totally. now that my daughter has transferred to our local, local school. school and I'm feeling the love and support of the village. <laughs> uh, I can't tell you how many like, days I get a text and it's like, you know, two and I'm scrambling to get a report done because I need to pick up at three. And one of the moms will just out of the blue text me and go, oh, hey, I'm, get, I'm grabbing the girls. I'll get, I'll get her and drive her home. And I'm like, oh. 
I know it is kind of amazing. <laughs> and then, I mean, even one time I was running super late from a meeting, and I texted Margaret because I assumed Benny was with Sasha where she was, and I was like, "Oh, hey, could you grab Sasha and I'll get her from you?" And she's like, "Benny didn't go, but I'll still go get her." <laughs> yeah, well, that's Margaret. But wait, right. there's yeah. three other people there. I can call someone who actually yeah. has a kid there. No, she doesn't care. Margaret's a, Margaret's such a, a great teammate in that way. Are yeah. amazing. Really yeah, our amazing. people. This 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 village we live in is not. It is. I don't want to say it's not normal, but it's very special. We are so lucky. It's very special. We know so many people. Yeah, and Kathy left. She moved to some other totally abandoned the village. She was one of my key players too. <laughs> I know. They have to start relying on other people who are not as reliable. Thanks, Kathy. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure it worked out so well for me. Sure I don't have either. a new village yet. I don't so. think, no, you don't have a village over there yet. <laughs> nope. So I think, yeah, you definitely got the shorter end of the stick. Yep. But um, um, anyway, I think a lot of people feel the way I felt before I started doing this podcast, which is very lost. Mm-hmm. Once you get to the place where you have kids and they're up and running and you don't know what to do because of what you were talking about, Jeannie, of it needs to work for me. It needs to work for me in the context of my family. And there, and I think our perception is there are so few things that, that I can do that with. And I'm not sure that's completely accurate. Now, obviously, my podcast does not make money. It right. costs me money because I have to pay Halston. But it will. <laughs> but at some point, Eventually. I'm hoping that yes. it will. It will, yeah. But yeah. I wonder if... If people should take a different perspective of saying something like, can I intern somewhere so that I can see if I like this? Or can I can I volunteer somewhere and see if this is something I'm interested in to see if they want to pursue a path yeah. instead of being stuck in I don't know what to do. Well, and I, it's so right. interesting because and I think you and I, and I'm trying to remember if it was you and I had this conversation or Lynn and I who had this conversation. But I do think to the um, countless hundreds and thousands of hours spent volunteering that you two and all of us have done over the past 15 years yeah um that's a skill and you look at that and all of the knowledge you've learned and the experience on how to deal with people how to handle all these situations i mean i just even i went to the uh, i'm of course already on the board for at the new school Um, of course you are yeah and um and someone (laughs) brought up one of the overnight camps and i was like you know you gotta be really careful about that place because they do not have counselors in the room and i went on this whole thing and yeah they were like why do you know all this i'm like oh yeah there was an incident but Uh, (laughs) but you just learn you have the knowledge you have the experience so there are ways I think that you're volunteering you know and transitioning into this is you're used to helping people you really enjoy helping people I do you enjoy having people learn Mm -hmm. and gain knowledge and so you're now passing that on to all of your listeners Mm -hmm. by doing this and it's and it feels good you know it does um but the, all that volunteering too, like there's all these amazing jobs at schools and I'm seeing now my son's in high school and there are three moms who work at that high school who I volunteer with a lot who are on the admissions, um, who work in the admissions office, work in the front office and work in the, um, oh, there's a department called advancement, the advancement department, which is like the fundraising department for the school. And these were all moms whose sons graduated and they were like, ah! what am I doing now? Right. Because they had been a full-time mom who volunteered, volunteered their tails off Mm -hmm. all the way through, were super active. And the school all of a sudden was like, hey, we have a position or, you know, like posted, they always post out to the families first before they post Mm -hmm. it live, Mm -hmm. that there's a position and they get filled with parents and they're amazing. I mean, the, the, 
admissions coordinator at the school was a mom and she I'll walk on I'll do anything for her like if she texts me I need you here tomorrow stuffing envelopes for five hours I'm like yep yeah, I'll be there no problem right because she's so amazing but that's like she was a mom who transitioned into this job not knowing what she was going to do right but that's her years and years of volunteering and all that knowledge and dealing with people is made her this amazing employee right right which they they find invaluable I'm invaluable sure. well you know Something else we should probably talk about is not everybody's is f is as fortunate as we are, and have the flexibility to make a a choice or to intern or to work for no money or to to volunteer like we've been able to do for fifteen years. Like you said, right. there's a lot of families at our own elementary school that can't volunteer because they work and they have to work. Mm-hmm. It's not a career as much as is a job. Mm-hmm. But I. I I am such a hopeful glass half full person. I think that if you if you look, you'll find right. You may have to do exactly what you did, Jeannie, which is saying we're going to have to change our lifestyle. We're going to have to cut back. But I want more time at home. So I'm going to take less money Mm -hmm. and we can still live and be okay within the context of 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 our life. But I'm taking this for me. And I think that's possible for people who don't believe it's possible for them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? To have worked a job maybe they hated. My cousin works at her um elementary school. And every time I go to Georgia, she complains about that job constantly. And I'm like, "Look at your skill set. You are uh, you have a degree in interior design. You are a professional cake maker." Like, she made my wedding cake. She's not like, I'm going to make a cool cake. No, no, no. She makes, like, fondant. Like, she makes wedding cakes. You have all these creative things that you're doing, and you're in an administrative job. Those two things are so incongruous with each other. Why can't you take your skill set and find something, even if it's part-time, even if it's compromised? Because she's fortunate enough. Her husband has a really good job at Georgia Power. They're not you know, massively wealthy, but they're fine. And their kids are, are, you know, college age now. And I think, why would you continue to work this job that you hate, especially when your kids are gone, when you don't need as much financially? Is it really just about finances? For some people, it is Mm -hmm. really just about finances. But for those of us who are privileged enough that it doesn't have to be about that, Mm -hmm. to find what you love, there's a book called Do What You Love, The Money Will Come. I read it years ago, but I thought that's a great philosophy to have. Mm-hmm. Do what you love; the money will come. And you have to make sacrifices in order to have that happen. Hundred percent. We 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 were debt free when I left Disney and started this job, and we accumulated a lot of debt, which was really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But we had to. Yeah. Because we wouldn't have made it, right. you know, and right. we didn't want to get rid of our house or any of that. But right. my happiness was important. <laughs> well, not just that. You know, I was. When I was, um, when I worked in New York, I worked two jobs to be able to live there and study. In my opinion, that's a sacrifice. I sacrificed my free time and some of my 20s to work, to be able to support myself. I moved here. I took a job managing apartments and I waited tables at a really nice restaurant and I wrote. Well, you know, I think it's hard for some people to wrap. They think you get here so easily mm-hmm. to get to this place of success. It's not easy. Bert was making no money when I was working this apartment job. And there were times where he said, hey, can I have 50 bucks to go gamble? And I go, I don't got it. I don't got 50 bucks. I don't got 50 bucks to buy groceries. I got nothing. So it's not like that. 
I want people to know that you can be there and go somewhere else, but you do have to sacrifice and you do have to um, get really focused at what you're good at mm-hmm. and go with that because Bert's really good at being a comic. He's really good at it. And I knew it the whole time we were there. I was like, he's going to, he's really good at that. So we just have to keep working at that and don't give up at that. Even though we don't have 50 bucks in the bank, even though I'm working a job I absolutely detest. Now, I couldn't have done that indefinitely, but we set a timeline. We were like five years. I'm going to do this for five years. I ended up doing it for seven because that's what it took. So at the end of the five, we were like, all right, let's do six more months. All right, we're going to do six more months. We did that four times until we, seven years, we finally got some momentum. So... I think it's important, especially for young people to know that when you get out of college and you can't find that dream job, maybe that's not what's supposed to be happening. Maybe you need to find a not so dream job and figure something else out so that you can focus on the dream job. Or maybe what you think is your dream job is not really what works with your skill set. And so maybe you learn what your skill set is and shift your thoughts. Like my mm-hmm. cousin who has a degree in interior design is clearly an artistic person, but takes an administrative job because of security or money right. or whatever. Uh, she would be so much happier if she worked in her field and made that work for her. You know what I mean? Like you can't mm-hmm. buy a mansion on a teacher's salary. Mm-mm. So if you want a mansion and that's your goal, then you need to do something that gets you to that goal. But if you want to be a teacher, then you have to go, okay, if I'm a teacher, I'm probably not going to ever buy a house if I live in L.A. Unless I marry someone who's successful and can pretty much carry that <laughs> by themselves. Right. You know what I mean? It's about being realistic, too, I think. I don't know. Starting over in your 40s is... a not really starting over, but starting again, maybe. Starting again. And it's never too late. It's People should know late. that, too, in their never 40s. If they're late. miserable and they just think they're stuck, it is to do that 2.0 and rethink about what you're doing and pivot to something different, it's never too late. And writing down what you want, like you did, mm-hmm. is so super key. helpful. Yeah. Yeah. What do I want? Flexible hours, this much money, this kind of freedom, this kind of creativity, this kind of accountability. Then you can clearly go after something. I have this great story. Our local vet in my hometown was awesome. His name was Dr. Teat. He had a laugh like Bert's. Like you could hear him for four miles laughing. He was the happiest man that I knew. And he was probably a little younger than my grandfather. So between my dad and my grandfather's age. And one day he was at my dad's shop and I needed to go to cheerleading practice. And my dad couldn't stop. And he was like, Dr. Teat, will you take her to cheerleading practice? So I'm riding in a car with Dr. Teat. And uh, I said, um how did you become a vet? And he went, you know, it's a funny story. I went to vet school when I was 40. I had a career. I hated my career. I was miserable. And I just sat down with myself one day and said, what do I want to do? And I decided I want to be a vet. So I started putting all my money away and saving to send myself. He was married, had kids, send myself to vet school. And I enrolled in vet school at 40. Wow. And he says, the best thing I've ever done. I have never been happier since that day I decided to go to vet school. Right. And it's not even that it's happening. It's then that you know that it's like you've got the light at the end of the tunnel. Yes. You know that you'll make this happen and you have a path. Yeah. And that man would never, ever saw him not smiling and laughing. And I thought that's really something to remember. I was Mm -hmm. in high school and I thought that's not a small story. Yeah. That's a big story. I need to remember that story. It's a good one. Uh, It is a good Mm -hmm. one. So it's never too late to to figure out what you want. Right. right? You know, and do that. 
What do you want, Kathy? It's a good question. I, know, I need to get on my list. I was going to say, we, we, right? we should just do a whole podcast on Kathy. <laughs> next no, time. No. Perfect. No, no. Let's do that next time. Kathy, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Lots. Tell me what your problems are. Let's analyze everything. I would love that podcast. Can I do that for all of you? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I can think of one or two people that would be really interesting. But no. Um, anyway. Um, what advice mm-hmm. would you give someone in their 40s? Well, I would definitely say well, that that's if hard, you're, I mean, I, that what we just talked about is yeah. not too late. Like if you're not happy with what you're doing, you're, you're still young. 40 is still really young. Really I know when young. we were younger, 40 seemed ancient. Yes. Um, yep. one, one foot in the grave, the other one banana peel. Totally. Okay. Uh, and, but now I feel like it's still, you're so young and, um, and you are still, if you are working, going to be working for a long time. People are not retiring at 60 and 62 and 63 like they used to. It's not happening. So you still have all these years ahead of you and you should be doing something that you enjoy. And so it's, you know, for someone in their 40s, you're not too old like to, to change it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's true. And you're not too old to change yourself, really. Right. That's a key thing, too. You're not too set in your ways and mm-hmm. old that you can't make some serious changes. I mean... Uh, just as simple as my 21 day fix I mean I lost 12 pounds I've kept 12 pounds off that's That's, awesome uh, I mean I'd I'd still like to lose a few more but I'm happy here three months I'm happy here that's amazing so well I lost the 12 pounds pretty immediately and I've just maintained 12 still keeping it off is just as hard sometimes it is just as hard and there were those naysayers those naysayers. When you, put right all that, when you put all that weight back on, I can't wait, wait to hear what you say on your podcast when you put all that weight back on. Oh, Can you believe that? Yeah. Whatever. Whatever. But the point is you can, you can make a change. It's never too late. And change is sometimes easier than you might think. Mm-hmm. I think that's what prevents a lot of people your cousin I'm guessing like mm-hmm. the fear of change mm-hmm. is too daunting and like the idea of throwing away we're older is, right it just sucks yeah being you know we're, when we're in our 20s and stuff we're totally used to new jobs we're changing them all the time and it's not a big deal to start a new job when you're in your 40s it's daunting and it's um you hate being new and not knowing what you're doing I right. my work now I just changed I changed territories I tell you that I have the valley now no that's oh, awesome that's cool I know it's just amazing um so but they hired my my old job share partner from Clear Channel Shut up. to take my old territory because she lives in the South Bay. So they're like, we're going to have her take there and you get the valley. So um, she's like getting up trying to get trained right now and she's calling me and texting me 24-7, which I totally understand. Yeah. But she's like kind of freaking out because she's been doing what yeah. we were doing for media ad sales forever, which is a dying business. So when I first called her about this, I was like, girl, you should jump ship now. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, she is like, oh my God, I'm never going to get it. I'm never going to get it. And I was like, yes, you will. You're smart. You're going to get it. Don't worry. But she's so overwhelmed. Being new sucks. But being new is over in like three months. Yeah. Yeah. Because really, <laughs> true. because if you're confident, yeah. it, like you are right. in your 40s, you believe in your um, capabilities, then you actually become really proficient really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just is scarier because I guess you probably have more to lose. Or yeah. And it's such a different, you know, when you're changing something totally different, it's everything's new. But Totally. But it's totally worth it. 100%. It I keep telling it. her this, that. It'll be so worth it. By fall, you're going to be so happy. <laughs> That's awesome. So any regrets? In life? From any of these decades oh. for any reason? 
definitely regrets for my 20s and my behavior but and I wish I could tell my kids but as we discussed they're not gonna listen <laughs> even if I try to say let me just try to steer you you know like Mm-hmm. They're going to do what they're going to do and they have to be young and dumb just like I was and mm-hmm. make their path and learn from their mistakes. I just will really try to tell them not to do it over social media. But um, I would I just wish I had been I had appreciated my education more, mm-hmm. focused on it more. Um, I would love to go back and do college again. Right. Yeah. I would love to like if I had like the for time, the education piece for the education yeah. piece to actually yeah. sit and listen and, yeah. and appreciate yeah. these teachers. I feel that way too. Oh, yeah. it makes I me so that. mad that I just totally took it for granted and it was just about getting done. Right. Uh-huh. College and is finishing. so wasted on eighteen-year-olds. It's oh. crazy. It is so wasted sad. on eighteen-year-olds. It's it really wasted. Is. Yeah. I mean, every kid should be doing that gap year. And working for or, a year, or four. and learning how to like get their hands dirty, and learning a work ethic, and then going to school. But it's like just so the norm, and we all have FOMO, and we can't miss out. Everyone else is going away. I gotta go away. I think well, every kid should either have to join the military or wait tables for one year. Yeah, I agree. waiting tables sucks <laughs> so bad. Not even like pizza delivery, Halston. Sorry, but waiting tables <laughs> sucks. And I did it for eight years. And I thought I learned patience. I learned how to grin and bear it. I learned how to multitask. take how to multitask. Yeah. I learned how to take a, co- a customer complaining over something that was completely false and to still have to apologize and to still have to make them happy, which I don't know very many. I don't know. Any service <laughs> job, I think. I don't know. Is waiting yeah. tables pretty bad. It is bad, but. I don't know. Retail is I was not retail. a whole lot better. I worked at yeah, retail. True. And people were retail crazy. Sucks. You work retail the day after Thanksgiving? Fuck, but man. But man, no, that is a shirt. No, say, <laughs> it is, um, the worst is even worse. I worked at Banana Republic. It is too. It's fucking fold shirts. Um, but uh, they, if you work, the worst than the day, Black Friday, the day after Christmas when everyone wants to fucking return, return everything. Exchange. Yes. Yeah. Return or exchange. Oh. Evil. Evil. What was your craziest job Jeannie um craziest in terms of I mean working at Playboy was pretty crazy I bet that was crazy it was super fun but there were times when I would be like this is not this is insanity like I told you the time that the I was working at a party and we had to get a video news release to the press which was at the backstage the backstage gate this is like way before TMZ any online gossip anything and um, half would make a three quarter inch tape this is the 90s of <laughs> video footage from the party and we would um, have messengers waiting at the back gate and we would hand out the three quarter inch tapes and they would run it out to the news to so we'd make the nightly news oh my and then God. like get it to entertainment tonight and extra and stuff so I would be in charge of that at the event so I would be running around like with my clipboard and my headset and you know trying to make sure that we're getting the video footage that we need to get and get those um, tapes out and we there was a tunnel that led from the grotto the uh, well, there was like next to the grotto, there was a bathhouse and a gym. Uh, you went down a spiral staircase and there was a gym. And there was a secret tunnel that went from the gym into the house that not everybody knew about it. Playmates knew about it and staff. And so if you're trying to get from the party, the grotto area into the house quickly, it was a great way to do it. And um, I used it a lot. And I'm running through that tunnel one time. And kid you not, Rod Stewart and a playmate, who I will not say her name, She's up against the wall. He's behind her. You know, they're going at it. And I, the tunnel's not that wide. And I'm on a deadline. And I literally had to like shimmy behind them. Oh my God. And as I'm shimmying behind them, I'm like, excuse me, I'm so sorry. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Ready. <laughs> totally mortified. 
horrified. But that is not, I mean, I saw crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. I saw so many people doing things that they should not have been doing. But it was super duper fun. And the people who worked there were the best. They oh just were, God. everyone was so fun. Because you had to be able to just... You know, nobody was easily offended there. Everybody just you was couldn't so be. yeah. How everyone you was so there? easygoing and so nice and so fun. We had the best time. That's that's a crazy story. That was hilarious. Excuse me, pardon me. So, Excuse and me. by the so way, sorry, I, so the girl who he was with was actually a playmate who I was friends with, who was super sweet. And she called me the next day and was like, "I am mortified. That was you, wasn't it?" I'm like, "It was me." I'm like, be happy, it was me, and nobody you didn't know, like you know, right? like, it was me. Oh my god, that's <laughs> totally hysterical. Fun. Yeah. Old Rod Stewart. Old Rod okay. Stewart. He's still, yeah. And he dated Huff's wife after they split up. He dated her for a while. He did? Mm-hmm. Well, it was true love in the tunnel then. Yeah. <laughs> the tunnel of No, that wasn't Huff's ex-wife in the tunnel. That was oh, a different uh, girl. <laughs> oh, different girl, different girl. Okay, never mind. Definitely never mind. the tunnel of love. That's yeah. kind of love, right? More things had that. It was always my joke whenever I did a tour and people would be like, oh, I want to see the grotto because it was so famous. And they would go over and they always like their instinct was to kneel down next to it and put their hand in it. Like, why? You know, and I, go, I always write like right when their hand was going in, they go, oh, I wouldn't put your hand in there. No, don't do that. Don't I, do I mean, I was just joking because it like got cleaned and stuff. But it was just, they'd be like, oh, why? And I'm like, I'm oh, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> what was your crazy job, Kathy? Uh, Any crazy it jobs? depends on how you define crazy. Like, there's a lot of, you know. Your social work, you had to have seen some crazy I've cases. I've seen a lot of crazy shit with kids um, drugs, alcohol, substance abuse, like self harm, like oh. all of that nonsense, stalking. God, in your 20s, that had to have um, been so heavy. Yeah. <laughs> it was, that actually, that was. What, <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, that was one of the reasons that I was like, I cannot do this job and have children. And no, I can't. No. I can't be this emotionally attached. Like it was, it was rough. Yeah. There were some really rough things that happened. It's so heavy. Um, that can't be a career that people stay in forever. I think you change. Uh, you know, like I was not necessarily like entry level. I mean, clearly when I started out, I was, but. Um, you know, there's a reason people move up. There's a reason people move more into therapy and less into like the nitty gritty, like on call in the middle of the night, I'm going to harm myself sort of stuff that Mm. you see and deal with. But um, that was the part I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't do that. Mm -mm. I can't be emotionally available for everybody. Right. No. And Mm. I just can't do that. So, so yeah, there's a lot of crazy shit there. Mm -hmm. I told you I got That's held up by gunpoint at one point, sort of. Wait, say that again. Right, I got held up at gunpoint when I was like nineteen in one of my jobs. <laughs> so that was crazy. Well, tell me that story, Kathy. You didn't just say that. Nineteen? What were you doing? <laughs> lifeguard. I was a lifeguard. Oh. I was actually uh, in my hometown. They had public pools. I was a lifeguard in the afternoon. In the morning, they had a Is parks. This in Maine? Yeah. Parks and recreation, like at local parks they would have like this playground um like i was like a camp counselor so anybody could show up at the park that day and we would you know do entertainment play games blah 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 whatever um and i was at a park that was in like the worst part of town very um economically depressed i mean not that we lived in a wealthy community by any stretch of the imagination but it was like people who were really hurting um really run down part of town and one day uh, I have a bunch of kids and this is like in the open there's nothing there there was like this one building that looked like it was a porta potty um, that had um, a well inside and basically the well was covered and we could store some supplies in there but you could fit like one person in there like it was not there was no building um, 
And as I was there with a bunch of kids, uh, there was a woman walking around the perimeter, uh, the chain link fence, holding a gun. And this kid was like, uh, and I'm like, holy shit. And you this have is no cell phone Before cell phones, yeah. there's nothing. So I shove all of these kids into this building oh next God. to a well, which <laughs> could not have been a good choice. Um, but I'm like, what the fuck do I do? Did you lose any of them? The I well? did not lose any down the <laughs> okay, well. Thank oh God. And there was this boy who uh, was like 16 or whatever who had a bicycle there. He rode home, called the police. Um, they showed up. They chased this woman down. She assaulted two police officers. Um, they finally arrested her. And it turns out the gun was not real. Yeah. But like it looked real. Yeah. They thought it was real. Um, yeah, that was, to, that was scary shit. To figure out if a replica is real or not. It's yeah. actually like sometimes a few minutes yeah yeah which is great so like if you're getting shot if you get shot for holding a replica it's your own fucking fault it is your own fault yeah that's a crazy story kathy that was crazy i was yeah (laughs) that was insane that's crazy i was 19 at the time that was crazy that's crazy did you fit into the little building with all the kids yeah that's really scary it is scary i mean it was really scary at the time about the teachers like trying to like i know shield their kids in the back of a classroom how scary that yeah it would be terrible it's horrible it was terrifying well, I didn't have any but, crazy stories like that with jobs, but I had crazy jobs. I um, yeah. drove a tow truck for my dad, which was really interesting because I would go pick people up and they go, where's your daddy? And I go, he's at the shop. Well, who's driving this wrecker? Well, I'm driving the wrecker. Well, you don't know how to put this car on this wrecker. Oh, yes, I do. So I would hook the thing up and drive off with it. And these old men would be like, what? <laughs> That's hilarious. That was really funny. One night, my boyfriend broke down. He bought a Nash Rambler that he and his friends were going to fix up. And it broke down. And I showed up in the tow truck. <laughs> and my cousin Kelly was like, you don't know how to do that move. You hook, I'm going to hook this up. And I was like, OK. So he hooks it up totally wrong, drives maybe five feet, and it falls off the oh. record. And I was like, everybody move. I put it back on the record, and we went home. And they were like, damn, Leanne, I didn't know you knew how to do that. Like, yeah. What do you think I've been doing with my daddy driving on all these record trips? Just like sitting in the front seat chewing gum? I'm the one that hooked the car up. I did that. I sold wedding gowns. Oh, wow. Uh, I did that in college. I opened a blockbuster video. Wow. Like, they opened it, and I like put every single movie on every single shelf in college. That's amazing. I worked in the proof department in a bank, which is where you look at the check and you physically type in, this is back in the day, physically type in the amount handwritten on the check. You have to check the numerals and the words, and then you look at the deposit and type that in and make sure it matches for every single check that came in our bank. Oh, oh, there were three terrible. people. We worked in the basement with no windows. Oh my God. <laughs> I would go in there and be like, 140, 140, and 292, and 292 all day when I was in college. It was maddening. <laughs> I've waited a bunch of tables. I worked at the Hollywood Bowl for a while. Okay. And the first three rows, which was called The Pool. Oh, yeah. Love The Pool. It's run by Patina, which is uh-huh. a really fancy, really nice restaurant. That was a pretty crazy time. I waited on, like, Gary Marshall. Oh, that's and you must really yeah, famous people. I did. It was That was really fun. And I made a lot of money doing that. And it's that. beautiful, and you get to see a good show. Right. And you do. <laughs> you do. It, that was really fun. I, think about I other worked on an ambulance job. for a while. You worked on an ambulance? On an ambulance. Oh, Wow. It's fun driving an ambulance. Yeah. What were you doing? Uh, were you I driving? Was an EMT. Yeah. You were an EMT. Drove it. Yeah. <laughs> You're trained as an EMT too. Yeah. Why do you think she's always the first aider? It's not me. <laughs> when did you do that? Uh, when I was senior in college, I needed one class to graduate. That was the class I took, um, and then I became an EMT after that. 
It's the worst fucking job I ever had. Really? You were in a small town outside of Boston. Yeah, you must have come across some crazy stuff. Uh, there was only a couple of things. I only did it for six months. Um, there were a couple of crazy things that happened. Um, one actually in my training before I even became an EMT. And then. Well, what is it? That it was. There's no confidentiality problem here. No, I was in, we had to do a shift in the ER and I saw um, a black man who had been burned, (gasps) um, like third degree burns on like 40% of his body. And I knew that going in and I walked in and he was like white. (gasps) And I was like, I couldn't wrap my head around the knowledge I had. And then walking into the room and seeing him, it was terrible. I actually think about that guy. Like, I wonder if he survived. Wait, like, what do you I mean he was white? What like, his like skin was, was burned. Okay. It, he did not look like he was black or African-American. Oh, he was like, God. it Poor was guy. the most insane oh, thing I've ever seen. It was so crazy. Painful. Yeah, I don't know whatever happened. Like, I don't know if he lived or like, it was bad. Wow. It was crazy. But that was the worst job. Like, I worked nine to five on Saturday in this sleepy little town barely anything happened ever like at four o'clock we would get the call that we had to go pick up somebody and bring her for dialysis uh-huh. that was the one call and like i would find myself sitting around going what the fuck like, <laughs> i wish something would happen yeah. like i wish there was an accident and then i was like oh <laughs> my god what is wrong with you like you want someone to get hurt so you're not bored Darren and then i quit i was like i can't do it traffic all the time he's annoyed like, if ugh. there's like no reason for it and i'm like so you want someone to have been in an accident Right. He just wants He's like, I need an explanation for this traffic. <laughs> bottlenecking is yeah. not enough for Darren. Just a bottleneck. And I'm like, but if there's an accident, somebody's hurt. Can we just say that there's right. traffic? Yeah. So let's just think. If we know all that we know from the 20s and the 30s and the 40s, what do you think the 50s is going to be about? That's a good question. I think it's going to be about health care for me. Yeah. Like making sure that I'm healthy. So yeah, that when I, I enter so my too. 60s and 70s, yeah. I'll be in good shape. Because let me tell you something. Jimmy Kemp, healthiest <laughs> freaking dude you've ever seen. My daddy, he's so healthy. And I keep, then I see his sister who is having heart problems, having knee problems, having hip problems. And I go, I don't, I, I feel bad for her that she is having that but I actually don't want that at all so what can Mm -hmm. I do now when I'm young and healthy the best of my ability to prevent that being my path because that's my genetics too so I got my daddy who's super healthy and his sister who's not so healthy and that's my choice I'm choosing Jimmy well I think we'll have more time to do that too exactly kids are older yeah so we're going to be dealing with the morning of them leaving home I'm not talking one. about that. All right. I, okay, yes, we are talking about <laughs> that. I apologize. That is our 50s. Um, I'm sorry. Our 50s. But I'm, I'm, but I'm so we'll be dealing with that. But on the, on the po- other side, we can also start to deal with our own, you know, happiness in every capacity and being healthier and and being more comfortable in our skin and marriage and, and all of those mm-hmm. things. Yeah. Like the things you were talking about earlier when you now the kids are busier. Now you're married. Right. Yeah. I think now. Right. All of a sudden you go back to that, like in your whenever you first got married, when you didn't you're have together kids, alone you're like, wait a minute. Lot. Wow. Yeah. It's just the two of us. now. We're going to be together alone. All what time. happens? Yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? <laughs> I still want to be with you. Is now that my kids are older, Bert and I are enjoying each other more. I think we were in living in two different worlds a little too much before. Mm-hmm. He was never, he's always been 
as plugged in as he possibly could be as a dad, but he's not here. And then the kids relied totally on me. Well, now they can rely on him more because they need less and uh, they need less in general. So Bert and I are like going on lunch dates all the time and uh, we hang out at the pool and the kids are, are home. You know, we seem to be spending more time together and enjoying each other. So I'm kind of looking forward to that for the 50s. I feel like the, the 50s, I'll be able to be far more creative because I won't have to stop being creative mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to make dinner Such or do years, whatever. Yeah. And right. not that I don't love that now. I, I don't want the day when my kids leave for college. I'm dreading that Me day. Me too, yeah. I, I'm just gonna, and I'm also happy for it because that means they're healthy. But maybe we'll convince right. them to do a gap year. <laughs> <laughs> a gap year at home? Right, not at home. <laughs> we would like you to have a gap year in our home. So how can we make that happen? Well, Do if you, they're working full time. If you work at the gap yeah, right. and you, you live at home, home, is that a gap year? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think the 50s is going to be about, Kathy? I don't know. That's a good question. I think part of it is going to be about the marriage thing because our kids are going to be gone and getting back together um, more so than we are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, when your kids are gone, are you? Are, do you think that you will go? I think when my kids are gone, I'm going to go back into writing, and I do so much with Bert's career already that that will just get even more. So I feel like I have a job already that I'm already doing, but that it will increase, and and I have I have like a job, right? What do you think you're going to do? Do you want to have a job? I need to figure that out. I do. I mean, I can't imagine you with no kids in your house, just cleaning your house all day. I know. What would I do? Like you you would be. In, you, I would go Oh, crazy. my God. You could just keep being a Girl Scout leader. I could. <laughs> I could take. She I could, could start another troop. Oh, my could, God. It would be brilliant. Be amazing. Oh, she could head the whole thing. You could. Oh, my God. How are you with socks and sandals? I know, right? How are you with socks and sandals? retiring. I could take over. Totally. There you go, Dear Kathy. Lord, shoot me in the head. <laughs> you could maybe you could go to corporate Girl Scouts and then like, that's completely change everything that I'm not that I don't expand. want to promote. Yeah, you don't want to I don't want anyone knowing yeah. about it. All right, no. then. Okay, use that as your deterrent, not to stop, not to waste time to figure out what it is. Yeah, right. Well, that was very poorly said. Use that. <laughs> that's as never going to be the figure out alternative, no negative. matter what. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, but yeah. Well. Maybe you could self-impose that as a, an empty threat slash I'm going to believe it to inspire myself to actually figure out what I want to do after my kids leave. Was that, I, that too verbose and confusing? I think once you start making lists, it starts to become yeah. obvious. Yeah, I think so too. I did that I with Sasha so. with the schools. Yeah. I made her make lists and it was we became really obvious. Did it yeah. really? Yeah, because one list was super short and one was really long. Aha. Uh-huh. You mean prose? Yeah. Aha. Uh-huh. And so it became really obvious. Well, and I, I even made her take some of the pros off because I was like that. Walking to Marie at sea after school on Tuesdays is not really a pro for why we're going to go to the school. <laughs> <laughs> and she had it. So I even made her remove a few. <laughs> That's really funny. That's like, funny. We're not going to transfer schools just so you can walk to the local coffee shop. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, she has priorities. But there were other yeah, right. things. There was enough other ones. But it did become obvious and it, was, it helped her a lot. That is really helpful in we general. We did that actually when Lily was choosing schools. Yeah. Same thing. I think it's important. We did it too. But I think once you start writing down what you don't want it eliminates so much you're right you're right that it really helps you narrow yeah we did that too with isla with choosing middle school yeah Yeah. georgia didn't have to do that she went on tour got in the car and 
went, this is it. Yeah. There was no other And she did the same for her high school. She just knows. No, that's what she did for high school. Yeah, yeah. We never even considered anywhere else for middle school for her. I knew that the program that she's in was the right one Perfect, yeah. Yeah, I was not even concerned with her. I love middle school was... Anyway, this is totally off topic. But I personally learned a lot today about myself. Yeah. mm -hmm, And about how similar people's experiences are of their decades you know what i mean yeah that's it's interesting that the three of us in three different cities from three different backgrounds had similar experiences in all of those phases of life except so, for kathy was so together in her 20s and i was so not. that's because she sucks <laughs> that's why she's always together whatever she's the one i can never help i'm like could you have a problem please so i can feel like we're balanced i talked to you about mine you have no problems so that's why because she's fucking perfect yeah. <laughs> that is so not true i know oh it's God. not true but totally it is kind funny. of true yeah. Yeah. It's kind but it's of just true. so funny because i was like such a shit show i was in my 20s and you were show. like yeah i got my master's degree and i was i was a social worker i mean i'm dealing with people suicidal but it's all i mean isn't that what you're supposed to do <laughs> <laughs> everyone does that in their 20s it's fine i fell in love in college and married him isn't that what you're supposed to do i got really drunk so now we know who's really carved out of cream cheese it's not the author is it it's got it wrong over there Maybe. But no, but you went through that soul searching in your thirties. I did, but so. none yeah. of your stuff seemed to be as tumultuous, maybe as mine and Jeannie's. Jeannie and I <laughs> right. probably would have been uh, very good drinking partners <laughs> in the twenties, for uh, sure. Yeah, but I think that's really cool. I'm hoping that people who listen can go, oh, okay, identify with something. Right. Yeah, and to say. I'm 20 because mm-hmm. a lot of people say this is a lot of comments I get from fans is that it's so nice to hear women in their 40s to know where I'm going yeah mm-hmm. to know that that's what I'm going or that's my goal is to be able to have a group of friends that talk this frankly and feel this good and, and all I that don't stuff. sound that old <laughs> we're not old but we're <laughs> I was just thinking I'm like you need somebody in your 60s on here because where are we going what happens? I know, right? In 20 years from now. I don't know, but you know like, what? It's such a different generation. It I don't is. Think, I, I don't, don't want to hear their we're story. We're going in the same place. We're not going there, Kathy. We're not going there. I really don't <laughs> think we are. Put it this way. I started going to the chiropractor and I had x-rays and all this stuff. And she was like, your, your internal age is 37. And I was like, fucking right on. Because I'm 47. <laughs> so that means at 60, I'm really only going to be 50 if right? I keep on this path. So I don't want to know what those old people have to say. Because I'm not going to do that. <laughs> We're creating our own path. We're, we are forging mm-hmm. our own way. Yeah. And uh, even though I would like to talk to somebody about what happens like biologically, like but hormonally, e- e- oh, and yeah. logically. And but everyone's so different. Everyone is so yeah, different. that's true. But everybody's kind of the same. We all go through menopause, mm-hmm. all of us. So what are those differences? What? No, just kidding. I know. <laughs> this is the first I've heard of it. Like when, I, like when we were talking about childbirth before, somebody asked me to do one just about childbirth because they're so different. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know who was on that podcast with me. I don't remember who we were talking to, but I was like, you know, my body smelled funky. You, I you know, was me. And nobody else well, that was had us. that. Okay. I think yeah, it was. was us. Yeah. So I, I'd be interested to have a talk about that for menopause. Yeah. To go, well, I had massive headaches. I had nothing. I mean, Christy Goodman, she probably she, wouldn't. She would be great. She would be awesome. But if I ever saw her, that woman had a fan on yes. her physical <laughs> body at all times. What about Abby Coder? So Abby, yes. Abby I know. had the one all that you, punt, you the put time. into your phone. Yes. It was, you had she a USB con- in, or a little thing and she'd plug it in so she, Abby, she was always holding her phone. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> it had a constant fan. She had one for her iPad wherever you yeah. were. She Shut had that up. fan yeah. and she was like this. All the time. All Christy's the time. Christy's fan was manual. 
Hers was like a. Oh no! Abby had the one you just plugged into your phone. Electric. That's hysterical. But like, is everybody gonna have hot flashes like that, like all day, every day? I don't know. Is it just at night for some people? Or because I already have night sweats here and there, and I go, well, this is totally hormonal. But what's it like? Night sweats like after the baby night sweats. Cause that was like f- soaked. Yeah. Yes. Like change your oh clothes. Oh my god, in the that was night. a fucking yes. nightmare. I never like, had those. Oh, does that god. mean I won't get them with menopause? I don't know what the god, correlation is, but they're terrible. I You're soaking. Like, like I would ha- take a towel and wipe under my boobs. Oh, boobs was the worst. Like literally, like oh. you change. It's disgusting. Change your clothes entirely. I could change wring out my shirt. Oh yeah. god, no, I didn't it was have gross. that. It's awful. I had that. Good times being a woman. All right, that's a whole other podcast. It is yes. a whole nother podcast. <laughs> yes, well, is. thank you for this one because I think it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah this is good. Fun I, reliving my 20s. So fun. I don't know if I'd call that I'm fun. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't call that fun. I'd call Therapy, it, um, maybe. Yeah. I'd call it um, enlightening. Yeah. It was an enlightening podcast. I enjoyed my high school years mm-hmm. more than I enjoyed my 20s. Fucking right on. Me oh, too. Man. Cheerleader, shortest skirt you could so buy. Fun. Bring it on. <laughs> yeah. So no. fun. All right. Well, thank All you, right. ladies. Till next you. time. Bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. You got a brand new key I think that we should get together